Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on ESPN LA. Stormy Bonantoni is joining us now. You can see her all over ESPN. Her specialty, NHL, but she is dabbling. Uh, and she is crossing sports here, and she is part of the ESPN XFL broadcast team. Last week, she took in the horrible weather conditions at the D.C. Vipers game. This week, she's going to be at St. Louis and D.C. going up against the D.C. Defenders. Both those teams are undefeated. So, Stormy, great to have you on with us. How are you doing? Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And I'm better now that I've thawed out and didn't have pneumonia from the weather in Vegas. Like, of course, the one Vegas home game I have where I live here, I get the, the terrible weather game. It's, like, beautiful out now today. Yeah, the weather out there has been really weird, right? Yeah, it's awful. And of course, because my name yeah. is Stormy, I get blamed for it by the entire there you crew. Go. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you get stormy weather all the time. Oh, yeah. All right. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, let's dive into it now. I, I want to. I just want to share with you. As you know, I'm on. I'm on Daily Wager uh, with with the crew, and they're great. They're awesome. We're family. I love them so much. Uh, but they kind of like. It's kind of tongue in cheek. They kind of make fun of me that I actually put together an XFL power rankings each and every week. So I want to share with you what my power ranking is for this league heading into week three. You ready? Yes, I love it. Let's go. Okay, and and please, my feelings will not be hurt. You disagree with me about something. You feel a team needs to move up. Another team needs to move down. Uh, that's why we're having this conversation. All right, so here we go. First things first, uh, Roughnecks to me, number one team, Wade Phillips. Uh, they're not just 2-0. They're actually 7-0 if you go back to 2020, of course, when the league had to shut down because of COVID. Uh, I got them as number one. Number two, the Battlehawks. Why? I think A.J. McCarron is the MVP of this league. He's engineered two comeback wins uh, for this team, and I like them a lot. Here's where I think it gets interesting. I've got the D.C. Defenders as three. They're 2-0. and um, I, I just I, I like the way that they play smash, smash mouth football, and also uh, they, they, you could say, arguably have the best rushing attack uh, in the XFL. At four, I've got the Renegades uh, with Bob Stoops and that crew. And uh, at five, the Brahmas with Heinz Ward. They're one and one. Um, and then I've got the Dragons at 0-2. I think the Dragons are better than what most people think. I mean, they lost two games in what, the final, final few seconds. Uh, I think Jim Hazlitt is a solid coach. Then I have the Vipers, Rod Woodson's team, at, and they're 0-2. And then, of course, I don't think anybody is going to uh, argue that the Guardians are the absolute worst team uh, in the XFL. So the, that's, that's my power ranking heading into week three. What say you, Stormy? Yeah, I love it. And you're, you're dead on about the Guardians. It's, uh, it's been hard to watch here so far. And you can tell it's bad when even their head coach and Terrell Buckley admits as mm-hmm. much after when. Poor Don Davenport asked him post game, "Is there anything positive that you can take?" And he he just said, "No, period." So there's nope. that. Um, largely, though, I do I agree for the most part with your power rankings. Love what you said about Seattle being bigger, better than they've shown. Their offense has been, in terms of moving the ball, the most productive in the league to this point. But they've just had turnovers and haven't had the same points to go with it. So I think that they'll start to figure things out a little bit more. The one area where I'm going to challenge you a little bit is I think that I would put D.C. above St. Louis just because, yes, while McCarron has certainly been the MVP of the first two weeks, he does have 374 yards and four touchdowns to this point, but the bulk of that has been in the last 90 seconds of game. So there are moments where, yes, he has been the XFL's Tom Brady in his prime, 
but I don't think that that late game stat padding is necessarily super sustainable. So I would really like to see the Battle Hawks be more productive from the jump of a game so they can play a full 60 minutes. But so far, it's the defenders for me, regardless of, of situation in a game, regardless of weather conditions, they've been able to put things together with that two quarterback system. I would like to see a little bit more of a passing game, but you mentioned the rushing attack, what they have with Abram Smith, with um, Rykel Armstead, and of course, Derek King and the injection of energy that he's provided mixed with a Greg Williams led defense. That's been really, really solid. I think they're going to be really good and a tough test for anybody. Okay. So, so really that's, that's where, so we're in agreement in regard to the Dragons, even though I have them at six, they're zero and two. I think they're yeah. a lot better than what their record indicates. And then you would just you would flip, you put the defenders at two, and you put the Battle Hawks at three. Yes, and I mean it's close. It's close. I think that after this weekend, we'll find out who who the real best team is, right? Between those two. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's dive right into it again. It is week three. On Saturday at 7 o'clock is the first game. Again, that Seattle Dragons team, the Sea Dragons we've just been talking about. They're 0-2, but they're favored by 3, going up against the Vipers, who are 0-2 as well. I think this is going to be, you know, the the Sea Dragons are average 39, almost 40 points a game. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Jim Hazlitt. Uh, How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about the wind I'll say that much which is why like the total sitting at 38 I could see a lot of people liking the under in this game the National Weather Service has winds increasing in the late afternoon to between 25 and 30 miles an hour and kickoffs at four Pacific um, both teams though like you referenced just really in search of their first win so maybe I could see a little bit of tension building in each of those respective locker rooms maybe not scoring super quick out the gate Seattle's offense like we talked about it in your power rankings. They have the potential to be really good with the weapons that they have. Josh Gordon, Jacor Pearson, who's a speedster from a yards perspective, the best offense in the league. Danucci's been really efficient moving the football, but they're just not scoring at the same rate that they're moving the ball. Um, and for Vegas offensively, it was interesting when I got the, the um, game notes that came through that still had Luis Perez listed as their starter. I feel like that has to change. I don't know if that's a smoke screen or maybe I just got the not updated depth chart, but it should be Brett Hundley. Um, last game, he only had about 10 days with the playbook and the conditions in Vegas, like we discussed, were terrible. But the coaching staff is super high on him. He's getting paid to be here. <laughs> um, I'm curious how that's going to look this week. And maybe they start to figure things out a little bit better. But I think as of, as where things sit right now, Seattle's the better team. If you can get a, a better priced money line, I would probably prefer that than laying the number with Seattle. Um, but that's kind of where I see things right now. I think Seattle wins the game and maybe a slight lead to the under just because of the win. Um, so, so uh, three, three and a half in some places, obviously you don't want the hook. This game could be more competitive. Uh, the under again, is at 38, the money line for Seattle is minus 170. So just FYI. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Probably not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, game. And, and then there's three games on Sunday. Um, the first one is the game that you're going to be at and that's in DC, uh, the Battle Hawks, A.J. McCarron, uh, is he this league's Tom Brady in regard to the fact that he has been able to help engineer two comeback drives and two comeback wins uh, for the Battle Hawks? Uh, only time will tell. Also, defensively, 12 sacks, five interceptions on the season. Going up against D.C., who, um, again, you have above the Battle Hawks uh, in, uh, in, in the power rankings. So I have, I think, the writings on the wall here, a little foreshadowing. Uh, the D.C. defenders are uh, home favored by three. The over-under is 36 and a half. How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, it's not. It's because I'm calling the game. I don't want to make a pick on it. But, I mean, based on what I've already said about where I see the two fitting, I think it makes sense that D.C. is favored in this game. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere, first and foremost. 50 degrees, sunny, 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff, a pair of 2-0 and teams, and the beer snake, I was told after it got confiscated week one, should be in full force on Sunday. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, hopefully just no more lemons being thrown on the field. That would be good. But it was a really, really fun place. And I think with the, both teams coming in um, undefeated at this point, it'll make the environment that much better. But D.C., you know, last week they trailed 6 nothing at halftime, and then – they figured things out, and they reeled off 18 unanswered points. 
that two QB system is very unique to where when we've seen multiple quarterbacks used for other teams in the XFL, it's been because one guy hasn't been playing well and they plug and play with Derek King and Jordan Ta'amu. Um, while yes, King has provided a little bit more of a spark, they utilize both sides throughout the course of the game and their run game is very efficient. I think one interesting kind of like back and forth head to head in this game that'll be cool is that St. Louis, you talk about these masterful comebacks that they've had in the fourth quarters. That's where they've kind of made their money in these late game heroics. Well, they're taking on a defense that's had back-to-back fourth quarter shutouts to start the season. So a really good late game defense against a really efficient late game offense will be kind of a fun head to head to see. Absolutely. I I know we've only got you for another like four minutes. So I want to get through the last two games on Sunday. Uh, You've got the Renegades going up against Orlando. We talked about it. They're just got awful. Um, uh, meanwhile, the Renegades, I think this is a good spot for them to rebound considering they lost, uh, to the Roughnecks last week. Uh, they are home in Arlington. They're favored by eight and a half. The over-under is 38. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Renegades should easily win this game, bounce back from the loss at Houston. I think it's a great get right spot for the defense as well, since neither Paxton Lynch nor DeAndre Francois are delivering and the renegades defense you could see them forcing a turnover to maybe even just add another defensive touchdown to the stat line take a little bit of pressure off their offense and droop split and defensively for orlando i mean they've allowed 30 or more points in both games so far so the totals have both gone over their respective numbers 42 plus points for both games because of that i just don't think that the renegades are going to score as much um so my gut tells me this is like a 24 12 type game which would be arlington in the under not sold yet that i'll pull the trigger on that but because like who wants to lay that many points in this league especially week three (laughs) but i'm certainly contemplating it Interesting. Last but not least, the Roughnecks uh, team, I think, is is number one. It sounds like you do as well. Love me some Wade Phillips. Love the fact that they're trying to stay undefeated going all the way back to 2020. Roughnecks are, excuse me, Roughnecks are at home. That line now is up to three and a half, um, or I should say down. It was minus four a day ago going up against San Antonio in these in this Brahma team who uh, they're one in one. So uh, how do you think this one? Yeah, San Antonio is a little bit plucky, right? They had the the heartbreaker week one to St. Louis, and they seemingly took it out last week on Orlando. So the Brahmas and Roughnecks both have beaten up on a common opponent here in in the Guardians. So um, I just have so much faith in this Houston defense, though, right? And they've turned – I know they've turned the ball over um, a few times last week, but they still outscored Arlington 12-0 in the second half to stay undefeated. Um, Their defense has 12 sacks five more than any other team, five interceptions in just two weeks. They're physical. They're aggressive. I love the way Wade Phillips has this group coached up, and that's going to be a real challenge for the Brahma's quarterback, former Notre Dame QB Jack Cohn, who really appeared to take a step forward last week for San Antonio, had a really clean three-touchdown performance, 165 yards, gained a little more confidence. I just feel like the Roughnecks defense are going to be a little too much for them. Do you feel Brandon Silvers is the second best quarterback in this league behind AJ McCarron's? I'm still trying to figure that out. Like you tell me when you look at the quarterback play around this league, like nobody's really been particularly consistent. And like, I I like what Silvers has done. I would say where things sit right now, if I were power ranking quarterbacks, he would be too, but I'm not sure that that will last because some other guys have a lot of potential and weapons. They just haven't been utilized very well yet. I hear you. Stormy, thank you so much. Uh, So appreciate your time and uh, hope that you can join us each and every week uh, to talk some XFL, hopefully help uh, the people win some money. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you. It's awesome. And tell the Daily Wager crew to get off your back. XFL, baby. (laughs) There you you go. There you go. Uh, Stormy Bonantoni joining us here on uh, on Bet LA 710 ESPN Radio. Uh, We'll come back. I'll give you some more picks and plays. uh, And um, we'll, we'll get you locked and loaded for XFL We Can Play right here on ESPN.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. That's right. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Um, Stormy is awesome. Again, she's going to be on the sideline for the DC Battlehawks game. So four games. Uh, let's start off with Saturday, Avi. Uh, Seattle going up against the Viker- Vipers, the Vegas Vipers. So Seattle favored by three, three and a half. As I was, I was telling Stormy, I just, I feel like Seattle is, um, a lot better than their 0-2 record. Uh, They're averaging almost 40 points a game. They've been competitive. They've lost both games in like the final seconds. Uh, I am a believer in Jim Hazlitt. Uh, Danucci is their quarterback. If he could just limit the turnovers, I think think that they would have a chance. But really interesting, Stormy talking about uh, the weather, no pun intended, Uh, wind conditions, uh, gusts up to 25, 30 miles an hour. So... I'm I'm on Seattle. I'm going to lay the points with Seattle. If you can buy the hook, I always like buying the hook down to three and a half, three to, from three and a half. And uh, but Stormy does like the under at thirty eight in that first game on Saturday. On Sunday, we've got three games. The Battlehawks going up against DC. Sounds to me like Stormy is 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 on DC, and it's pretty interesting because this is a Battlehawks team with AJ McCarron. Uh, two comeback wins. I feel that if if folks were to vote on the MVP this season, uh, they would vote for AJ McCarron. Uh, but this is a DC team, especially as, as Stormy indicated in the fourth quarter. They've they've shut teams out, and the fourth quarter is where the Battle Hawks have won their last two games. So. I do like the Battle Hawks just because I believe in AJ McCarron, and this is this will be him going into his his third week. Um, but it sounds to me that Stormy really, really likes DC. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to play Switzerland right now. Uh, and (laughs) based on our conversation, you decide what side of the coin you want to be on. Um, uh, and here's another thing. This would be the third straight road game for the battle Hawks. So that plays into DC as well. Uh, As for the, the, the later games, I'm I'm all over the favorites. The Renegades laying eight and a half, nine, nine and a half in some places, going up against Orlando. The Guardians are the worst team. The Orlando Guardians are the worst team in this league. Uh, there's a lot of turmoil tor- turmoil going on with its players uh, as well as as their head coach. Um, the defense has allowed thirty plus points per game, and also. Uh, Bob Stoops is the head coach of the Renegades. They lost to the Roughnecks last week. This is this is the get right game. I feel like whatever team plays Orlando is going to be the get right game for those teams. So I do like the Renegades and I will lay the points. This is probably my favorite play uh, of the weekend. And then last but not least, the Roughnecks, who I feel are the best team in the XFL going up against San Antonio. Heinz Ward is the head coach. Um, so this Roughnecks team, they were part of the XFL prior to uh, COVID hitting, and they were undefeated prior to the league having to shut down because of COVID. So even though this season the Roughnecks are 2-0, and they're actually 7-0. and So they're looking to go 8-0. I think they're looking to go undefeated this season. Um, their defense is really, really something special, especially since Wade Phillips is their uh, is their head coach. Um 12 sacks, five interceptions. And, and as I asked uh, Stormy, does she feel that Brandon Silver is, is the second best quarterback in this league behind A.J. McCarron? Uh, you know, unfortunately, the quarterback play has been not good. 
So it, it's not like it's, it's a big, you know, barometer in regard to like, oh, second best quarterback in the league. Well, you know, the performance across the board has not been great. So, uh, so just it, to recap, I'm, I'm going to lay the points with the Roughnecks. I'll lay the four. I'm going to lay the eight and a half with the Renegades. Um, I'm leaning towards the Battle Hawks because I do believe they're the better team. Uh, but if you uh, if if you like what Stormy had to say about DC and you want to lay the two with DC, okay, I understand. Not going to be mad at you. In regard to Seattle, again, I think they're the better team. I think they're better than an zero and two record. And uh, I'm going to lay the three with Seattle. Also, I'm going to follow Stormy's lead and take the under under thirty eight in that game. Big reason because of weather conditions as well. So that's how I'm playing the XFL. Uh, let, let's talk some NFL for a minute because the combine is happening right now in, um, in, in Indianapolis. It's, it's my favorite. I've, I've been to so many combines. It's really, it's my favorite week. I'm, I'm actually quite sad and envious and jelly that I am not there but nonetheless, uh, Courtney Cronin is there and she covers the NFL specifically. She covers the bears, but she covers all things NFL and she does a really, really good job doing it. As we know, the bears have the number one pick, uh, in this year's NFL draft. And there's a lot of talk and speculation in regard to what they might do with that number one pick. Uh, do they keep it? Do they draft a quarterback? Do they trade Justin Fields? Do they try to trade the number one pick to either the Texans or the Colts? Um, so many questions. And again, Courtney Cronin, so kind to join me on my Bet Digital show to break this all down. Let's listen in. Let's welcome in Courtney. She's in the hottest place in the United States right now. Not only does she talk NFL, but she's also, she hosts some of the best parties down there in Indianapolis, getting a lot of us women in the industry together. I'm sorry that I'm going to be missing your soiree this this year, but uh, how are you doing, Courtney? We're good. I mean, it's been a really busy day here, Anita, with all the news on Jalen Carter, the prospective number one overall pick potentially, and the news of an arrest warrant that came out today and just kind of how that shook things here and potentially shakes the draft order for the 2023 draft. And, you know, on top of everything else, the combine is a, a marathon of no sleep where a lot of late nights where you're trying to get information, trying to figure out what the rumors are, what is rumor from, what is fact from rumor. And so there's a lot of that going on and we're only on day three. So uh, the marathon continues. I love it. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I'm so jelly that you're there and I'm here. But let's start first and foremost. Some of the biggest news out there, Adam Schefter, a number of people reporting that the Bears potentially might trade that number one overall pick. Uh, so what what do you know about that? And if they do, Courtney, what, what are they looking for to get in return? We talked to Ryan Poles the other day, Anita, about the potential for trading that number one pick and you know what he was able to do in that moment in validating the report from Adam Schefter that they were, quote, leaning towards doing that. He said that that's always been the direction because of the development they saw from Justin Fields last year. And knowing that there's still a lot of work to be done with this quarterback and especially having him be able to win from the pocket. But their confidence that Fields is their guy is the reason that they're willing to field offers for potentially moving out of that number one spot and further down the draft order. Now it's just a matter of what's the return they're going to get. Like you look at the last time the number one pick was traded, which went from changing hands from Tennessee to the Los Angeles Rams in 2016. That was a haul that included a 2016 first round pick, a 2017 first round pick, multiple seconds. And I think that that's something where the Bears are going to want to look at like the very bare bones minimum has to include two first round picks because the 2024 draft class has a lot of big names and could potentially have some really, you know, game changing sort of players, especially at the quarterback spot. Like that's one thing I would think that if, if Justin Fields, if you stick with him this year and it doesn't work out, you'd be in a prime position by trading the number one pick to have a 2024 first rounder that you could use at a, a different time on that position potentially. Now, what can they like who has the sweet spot? I think we're looking at a team like Indianapolis saying that number 35, that second round pick, the Bears have a big gap right now between one and 54 because they traded their own second round pick for Chase Claypool uh, right at the trade deadline. They've got to be able to make up some of that ground there from the beginning of the first round all the way to the middle of the second. 
You mentioned Justin Fields, right? And just a few weeks ago, some rumors out there as well, Courtney, that the Bears would listen to offers to potentially trade him. Were you believing in that noise? Or like, how did, how did, you, how did you feel when those rumors started um, perking up? I wasn't surprised because when you're in this spot, like think about this, you never want to be in the spot of a team drafting number one overall because usually that means the previous season things went poorly, to put it lightly. And for the 3-14 and 14, 2022 Chicago Bears, that's putting it lightly. So I, I look at this situation with the Bears knowing that Ryan Poles is going to do his due diligence to do his homework on these quarterbacks. And that's something that he talked to us about this week that – while their plan still remains to go forward with Justin Fields at quarterback in 2023, he would need to be blown away by a draft prospect to, to move away from that plan. But he's doing his homework. He's interviewing these prospects when they're here in Indianapolis. They're grinding the tape. They're trying to figure out, is there anyone who makes you stop in your tracks and say, wow, that's something special. That's how he describes what being, quote, blown away would mean to him. But I don't think that there's that guy in this draft class. Now, we know that Bryce Young at 5'10", you know, barely 195 pounds, he's been knocked for his size. And I just don't know if there's that Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, generational talent that would be sitting there that you'd want to move on from Justin Fields and say that guy is an instant upgrade. Like, if that player is not there, you're not going to be willing to make that move. Okay, so let's just assume the Bears do trade down and they get out of that number one. What position are they going to be looking for to draft? Well, defense is a big problem in Chicago. They were one of the worst defenses, a bottom five unit all season long. Their pass rush has been non-existent. They had the lowest sacks and lowest sack percentage in the NFL. So edge rushers, three technique, you name it, anybody up front who can pressure the quarterback to make the job of the secondary easier. Because when you have your rookie safety and Jaquan Brisker leading the team in sacks, that's not something that's uh, it's not a good sign to what's going on elsewhere in your defense. But some interesting news coming out of Indianapolis today about Jalen Carter, the player I, I mentioned earlier. With that arrest warrant, how is this going to affect what the Bears do going forward with him and potentially you know, where he falls on their draft board, other teams' draft boards? We do know that he is being charged with two misdemeanors, but does that automatically take him out of contention for what the Chicago Bears were maybe hoping to do with him at that spot? Time will tell, and we'll be able to see how they really feel about what they learned from him in their meeting that they had with him on Monday before all of this news came out on Wednesday. But I think in moving back, if you're looking at a team like Houston, maybe in Indianapolis, maybe even as far back as nine with Carolina, the balance is going to be acquiring draft picks, but also making sure you don't miss out on a player that could end up being a major game changer for the Bears. And, you know, up front, that's a Jalen Carter, that's a Will Anderson potentially, you know, other spots too on the offensive line. That's another spot, another position of need here in Chicago. Courtney, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Two months until the draft, and I'm sure this is going to be a hot topic for the next two months. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the combine, my friend. Thank you. Again, uh, Courtney Cronin, uh, who was kind enough to join me on, on the Bet Digital show, uh, I, I'm sure talk of, of what the Bears are going to do is going to be front and center for the next two months. So the Bears with the number one pick, what can they do? I do believe that they should draft Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson is hands down the best player in this draft. As Courtney pointed out, the Bears, their pass rush uh, just had so many issues they need an elite edge rusher. That's exactly what he is. It's exactly what he was for Alabama since year one when he was a freshman. He was a five-star recruit coming in from high school. And this is a Bears team. They were 32nd in pressure rate, 29th in yards before contact. So uh, runners were able to run just all over against them. Uh, you could wager that Will Anderson is going to go number one overall at plus 650. And I like it because, again... He is the best player in this draft, and he should go number one. There are a lot of warts. There's a lot of question marks in regard to Bryce and, and CJ. Uh, Bryce to go number one, minus 160. CJ to go number one, plus 350. So I do believe that there's value there for Will Anderson to go number one overall, and, and more than likely, hopefully it's to the, uh, the Bears. The Bears have the number one pick. The, the Texans have the number two pick. Uh, could they just sit there and stand pat and, and take Bryce Young? Potentially, I think that would be wise. Uh, the Cards are at three. The Colts are at four. 
would they take C.J. Stroud at four because they're in need of a quarterback? Uh, and then, of course, there's the whole Jalen Carter situation uh, that just unfolded yesterday, as, as you heard uh, Courtney mention. So, so that's, that's where it stands right now with, with the number one overall pick. By the way, to get you up to speed on some of the scores out there, unfortunately, the Clippers uh, did lose um, to the Golden State Warriors, even without Steph Curry, 115 to 91. So now, not a small sample size, pretty solid sample size of this uh, Clippers team was with Russell Westbrook, and they have not been able to win a game. I had uh, Kawhi Leonard over 23 and a half points. He only put up 21. He didn't even have any assists. He actually sat out uh, the last few minutes of the game because it was such a blowout, which obviously doesn't help in, in any regard. Not the result that I was anticipating tonight, that's for sure. In regard to uh, college hoops, you've got USC and Arizona. I liked USC getting the two right now. They're down by 10, but still a little over 10 minutes left in the second half. Also, I liked Pacific plus two. Uh, they are up 44 to 31 at the half. So hopefully that does come come through for you because I'm I'm not having a great evening uh, with some of these late games here on the left coast. That's for sure. Uh, really quick, really quick before um, before we take a break, uh, and we're going to talk some UFC when we get back. Uh, Brian Winhurst, Winnie was kind enough to join me on on the digital show as well. Obviously, no bigger storyline this 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 week than uh, than of course um, KD. Uh, making his debut with the Suns. So many questions uh, that I did pose to Wendy. Let's listen in. We bring in Wendy, who's in Charlotte. Why is it hot? Because KD's making his Phoenix Suns debut tonight. So, Wendy, we are blessed to have you on bet because everybody wants to know, KD coming off that MCL sprain, first game back. How many minutes? And what are you expecting from KD tonight? Well, there is a minute restriction, but the Suns aren't saying how much it, how much it is. So, ha, how about that for fun? Uh, we'll say this. A year ago, when Durant had this similar injury when he was in Brooklyn, his first game back, he played 35 minutes and scored 31 points. I do not think you're going to see him play that many minutes tonight. Um, a couple years ago, he had a similar injury in 2017, where he came back when he was with the Golden State Warriors. He played less than 30 minutes in that game and had 16 points. Considering the makeup of the team and how protective they've been in building Durant up, I would expect it to be the latter. Uh, less than 30 minutes, and we'll see how many shots he gets. It's really going to be hard to predict with this new alignment. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really, I'm intrigued, you know, how everybody, this role playing, how that's going to be figured out. Uh, in looking at the Suns in the standings, right, they're, they're fourth right now. They've got the fourth seed in the West. They're ten and a half games back. Denver I don't believe they'll catch up to them but with 20 games remaining do you do you feel that they'll get that chemistry together in time where maybe they could jump up to the two or three or, or three seed you know there's a there's a gap in between the Kings at three and the Suns at four the Kings have been playing really well they are on a long road trip and they just got two wins in a baseball series in Oklahoma City it's helped them they've built a nice cushion there um, the Suns don't have the hardest schedule. This is actually uh, the second game of a four-game road trip. It's the longest road trip they have left in the season. I do expect them to get some wins. I think, though, that they're going to prioritize rest because um, Devin Booker has had multiple injuries this year, groin injury, hamstring injury, Durant now coming off of a knee injury, and they're always protected with Chris Paul. I think what they would like is to make sure they're in the number four seed so that they get home court in the first round. I don't know if they're going to be able to catch the Kings, who are highly incentivized to retain that, that number three seed to get an easier first-round matchup. Yeah, I like, the, I like the Kings to win the Pacific. Wendy, thank you so much. Always great having you on bet. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks. Again, uh, the Suns took care of the Charlotte Hornets 105-91. Durant played 27 minutes, put up 23 points. I do like the Kings to win the Pacific at plus 150. Uh, quick break. We come back. Let's talk some, uh, some UFC next here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy.
Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. I know we've given you some NBA plays, NCAA plays. We talked some Major League Baseball, golf, XFL, NFL, but there is UFC 285 that's taking place uh, this weekend. And uh, again, I, 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 as I mentioned throughout the show, I, I host a, a gambling digital show Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays on ESPN Plus called Bet. And Brett Okamoto, who's one of our best analysts uh, in, uh, in handicapping and previewing UFC fights, uh, was, was so kind to join me on Bet earlier on Monday UFC 285 coming our way this week and John Jones back in action. So I sat down and asked Brett about some of the biggest bouts on the card. Let's listen in. We've got Brett Okamoto who's joining us. Brett, we've got your guy Ian Parker who's going to be joining us later on in the week. But we thought, man, let's let's get you on now. Not too early to talk about the bouts that we're going to see over the weekend. And this card, um, worth two voices to talk about. So let's start first and foremost uh, the uh, the preliminary fight we've got um, Garbrandt right bat and weight champion going up against he's minus 170 favored minus 170 against Trevin Jones. So how would you uh, how would you what are you looking at in this fight? How would you play it? I mean Cody Garbrandt has become a really tough guy to try and bet. Um, just because the talent is there. As you say, he was a former Bantamweight champion. He looked like he was going to be one of those guys that just had a superstar career, and then he's just taken his lumps. Uh, He's lost four of his last five. A lot of those have been by knockout. Um, And he just gets so ultra-aggressive. This is a different fight than he was originally scheduled for. It was a replacement opponent. The guy that he's fighting, Trevin Jones, on the last fight of his contract, he's coming in on three losses. So you know that he's coming in fighting for his job. That, to me, I like the under of this one. I would take the under of this one. You probably got to pay a little bit of of juice to to grab it. But I think Garbrandt only knows one way to fight at this point in his career, and that is just guns blazing and Trevin Jones fighting for his career. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's going to fire back. I think we're going to get a finish in this fight. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the ladies, the co-main event, the flyweight ladies matchup, and Valentina um, Shevinko. I said it. Um, going up against Grasso. Um, Valentino, a huge favorite. But what have we seen this season? We have seen a lot of big upsets uh, when the ladies are battling it out. So what does Alexa need to do here if she's got an, a, a shot at pulling an upset? She's got she's to fight a perfect fight. She's got to stay on her feet. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is... Um one of the most technical strikers in the entire sport, male or female. But Alexa Grasso has a lot of boxing skills. And uh, we've seen some of the, she's from Mexico. We've seen with some of these Mexican fighters that they can keep it on the feet. They do have a lot of technical skill on the feet. She can surprise Valentina Shevchenko, I think, with her boxing, with a little bit of her power, but she needs to stay on her feet. If this fight gets taken to the floor, we've seen Valentina just roll through some people on the floor. Um, I think that that's a bad matchup for Alexa on the ground. So I hope that she has shored up her takedown defense. She's going to need to keep it on the feet to even have a chance against Valentina. Still a very, very tough fight. She's a big underdog for a reason, but you're not even going to get a chance at an upstate unless you can keep it on the feet. We'll see if she's able to do that. A lot of excitement about John Jones returning to action, right? He's been gone for three years and he's got a matchup against gone. Uh, minus 140 for this to go over four and a half rounds. Uh, do you think that this goes the distance? And if so, why? I think it probably goes the distance. Both of these guys have shown in recent years that they are prone to going the distance. Gon is a very, very sort of in-out point fighter. And John Jones has been kind of the same way. John, is his, he's been fighting for such a long time. I think he's really realized how to defend himself in the octagon. And he wants to, he wants to walk out of there healthy. As these guys continue over the course of their career, you see that. Defense is more of a premium. You're not, you don't get the young, hungry guys that are just going in there and throwing defense out the window and trying to get into a firefight. They, they value defense. So I think that this is going to be a smart fight. I think it's going to be an intelligent fight by both guys. That's why you're seeing it juiced a little bit to the over. I would maybe take a shot on the under just because I do think both of these guys have finishing power. And I think if John especially is able to get it to the ground, he might be able to finish it there. But it's no surprise to me that the, the bookmakers, bookmakers think it's going to go the over. It probably will. But I do see scenarios in which both of these guys could get a finish. Okay, so outside of the rounds, hold my hand, take me to the window. How are you wagering this fight? 
I think you got to go with John Jones at uh, at this price. I mean, the guy is. He's probably the greatest fighter of all time. I mean, you can get into a debate, George St. Pierre, Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, John Jones. But if you're getting him at this kind of price, I know he's been out for a long time, but we've seen a lot, oftentimes, the guy was, it's not like he was at the end of his career. Yes, he has been off for three years, but he's still in his prime. He's still a tremendous athlete. And Surreal Gan has holes, man. Surreal Gan has holes in his game. We just saw him a year ago when he got out-wrestled by Francis Ngannou, who is not a wrestler. So I think if you're gonna get John Jones at a decent price, arguably the greatest fighter of all time, you got to go down swinging with John Jones. So I would, I would bet John Jones. Love it. Thank you so much. Like I said, never too early to start talking UFC action. Appreciate your time on Bet this afternoon. Thank you. You got it. All right. I want to thank Brett for joining us, uh, of course, here and, and, and having the ability to replay it here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA. Quick break. When we come back, Eric Moody is going to join me. It is crunch time right now in the NBA, is it not, right? We've got like some teams have like 18, 19, 20 games remaining and they are they are battling it out. They're vying for position, either trying to get into the play-in, trying to get into the top six, trying to uh, get into the top four so they'll host the first round uh, and some really good action coming our way in the Friday night slate of games in the NBA. So Eric Moody joins me to break those down and getting you ready for Friday night action. So stay tuned. Um, that is next right here. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Eric Moody joins us now. You see him all over the ESPN platform. Uh, one of my partners in crime when it comes to my Bet Digital show. He joins us quite frequently, especially during the NBA season because uh, that's his wheelhouse. Eric, thank you so much for joining us here on Bet LA. How you doing? No, things are going, going well. You know, we got a nice little slate of uh, NBA games that are going on right now. And we also have some games tomorrow that I'm looking forward to. So I'm doing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's dive into it. Uh, let's, let's talk about the games on the slate for Friday before we talk big picture. Um, and let's start uh, first and foremost. You got the Portland Trailblazers going up against the Hawks. Uh, tip off is at 7.40 p.m. Eastern. So that would be 4.40 p.m. Pacific. The Hawks are favored by seven. The over-under is two. Forty, but I know in a lot of these games, um, you uh, you you've got a lot of player props that you like here. So what what are you looking at in this matchup? Yeah, I would say in this matchup, you know, one player prop that really caught my eye, Anita, was uh, Jeremy Grant to surpass uh, twenty-seven and a half points and rebounds. So I just really like Grant against the Hawks. Uh, you look at Grant, I'm like he surpassed that line in two consecutive games. Also, you look at Grant, he's played thirty-two or more minutes in each of his last three games. And the Hawks defensively, I'm like, they rank 21st in points allowed for 100 possessions. They struggled defensively all season. I know they've got a new uh, head coach in Quinn Snyder. Don't know if that's going to be enough to turn the tide defensively, but I like Grant in the matchup that he has. I believe he'll do well. Um, we've got the Suns going up against the Bulls. Um, I, they look good. I'm not going to lie. was not expecting yes. that chemistry to look as good as they did the other night with KD back in action down there in Charlotte. Uh, and, and, and sure enough, the Suns pulled off the win. KD actually went over his point total. I played the under, I want to say the over-under was 21 and a half. He ended up with 23, but nonetheless, now this will be the second game for KD. They're in Chicago, Chi-Town, baby. Uh, and they are favored by five and a half. The over-under is 222. What are you looking at here? Yeah, I'm smiling you to ear as you're, as you're going through that because you know I was excited <laughs> to see Kevin Durant uh, with that team. And you know what, Anita, I- I'm going to tell you, I'm like they they lived up to the to the hype, so I-, I was very impressed. So I do like the Suns in this matchup uh, to cover the spread. And you look at Kevin Durant; he made his debut. Obviously, he gets the Hornets. What he had about 23 points, uh, six rebounds, two assists, two blocks. And one thing I noticed, like with Chris Paul, I'm like, he now has the best collection of jump shooters at his disposal. He's got Kevin Durant. He's got Devin Booker. And that duo became the third pair of teammates this season to each make nine jump shots in a game. But in the last 10 games against each other, where you look at the Suns uh, and the Bulls, 
But the Suns have eight wins straight up, and the Bulls only have two. And Phoenix is covered in 13 of the last 20 games, so I really like the Suns in this matchup. Yeah, like I said, I really, really, I, I thought, you know, it's one thing. Katie has obviously played with Booker as well as, as Chris Paul uh, in, in, in the Olympics, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. now you add a fourth dimension in, in Aiton, I just wasn't sure how that was all going to gel. So again, was was really impressed, and I'm I'm excited to see this game. The Bulls have been really good as of late. They didn't cover the other night against Detroit, <laughs> which really screwed me. But nonetheless, this is a Bulls team. They're playing really well, and they're at home. I, this is the, to me, this is going to be a, a good litmus test um, to see Agreed. where the Suns the, the where the Suns are right now. Um, let's look at the Grizzlies game. Memphis Grizzlies going up against the the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets at home. They're favored by five and a half. The over-under is 232 and a half. What say you? You know, this is a hard game for me to to pick. I'm I'm a big Denver Nuggets guy. I like the team. Me too. I like Nikola Jokic. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that team. But you know what, Anita? I am going to back the underdog Grizzlies here. You got Memphis, what? right? Currently on a three-game winning streak. Strong offensive team. You know, the Grizzlies ranked 10th in points scored per 100 possessions. They're also solid defensively. Like when you look at points allowed per 100 possessions and their effective field goal percentage, they allow opponents. But one thing with the Grizzlies, looking back at this matchup, I'm like, they're, you know, they're four and two straight up in their last six games against the Nuggets. But also, if you look at their last 10 games, uh, Memphis going up against the Nuggets. I'm like, Memphis is 7-3 and three against the spread. They just have a lot of really good positive momentum uh, that, that they have right now. And so even if they lose the game, I still feel really good about the Grizzlies covering the spread. And last but not least, let's talk about the Knicks going up against the Miami Heat. I love this Knicks team right now. I really do. I think Mitchell Robinson is is probably one of the most underrated uh, players in the NBA. I just don't think he gets enough respect. Um, I love the addition. I love the addition of uh, Josh Hart. So the Knicks on the road in Miami, but the Knicks are favored by two and a half. The over under is two fifteen and a half. What's your play here? Yeah, I really like the Knicks uh, in this matchup, and I just just like them as a team, you know, as a whole. Uh, the addition of Jalen Brunson, I know I've said this before, I'm like, that was my favorite offseason addition, and it's really paid dividends uh, for this Knicks team. And so I do like the Knicks to cover the spread in this matchup against Miami. Uh, you look at the Knicks, like when they play against Eastern Conference opponents, I'm like, they're 26-16. and 16. That's the record. And, you know, this is a Knicks team that's really improved offensively. And know Julius Randle's playing well. Of course, Jalen Brunson's playing well. And they've got a lot of great pieces around them. They actually ranked fourth in points scored – 100 possessions. One thing about the Knicks, I'm like, they beat this Heat team back on February 3rd. And the Knicks are actually 15-5 and five against the spread in their last 20 games on the road. They play very well on the road, so I do like them in this matchup. And let, let's, before I, I let you go, let's go big picture here, right? Like, you know, we're, there's still about 20, somewhere about 18, 20 games left for a lot of a lot of teams. But big picture here, I'm sure a lot of money is going to be flowing on the Suns. Of course, the Celtics, the Bucks. Is there is there is there a team out there with some like really incredible odds that you can't you that you think could potentially shock the world this season in the NBA and win a championship? I, I do have one for you, uh, and I was kind of looking at the uh, looking at the odds, and in this in this one, I must admit that I'm kind of drawn to like a moth to the flame. So that's for the Knicks. Uh, looking at the championship futures, I believe it's at uh, plus ten thousand. You know, to win. And one thing about the Knicks, I know we, were, we we've talked about this team before. I know I know we're both fans of this team. I'm like, you look at New York. I'm like, mm-hmm. they've won uh, seven straight games, uh, nine and one in their last ten, fifth place in the Eastern Conference. So I believe they still have some room to grow because they're only a game and a half behind the Cavaliers, like for the fourth seed. We've got a lot of basketball left to play, especially in the East. They can make a run to get a higher seed. And one thing about the Knicks, I'm like, they rank fourth in points scored for 100 possessions mentioned Jalen Brunson, how his addition has positively impacted this team, but also they've kind of slowly gotten better defensively. You know, I've been monitoring different advanced stats and metrics throughout the season. So I think they're trending in the right direction and could peak at the right time. So if you're just looking for a, a value right now, 
if you're looking at championship futures, I'm like, look no further than the Knicks. I will put money uh, on them at those odds. I love it. I I I love what you're I love what what you're you're spinning out there right now, Eric Moody. <laughs> um, because I'm 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 with you. I I do I do love this Knicks team as well. Eric, thank you so much for joining us on Bet tonight. Really do appreciate it. Feeding our our listeners, hopefully some winners. As uh, we look forward to tomorrow's slate of games. Thank you, my friend. Oh no, you're welcome. Until next time. You got it. Again, Eric Moody joining us, uh, NBA handicapper uh, with us here at ESPN and. Uh, he's uh, he's one of my partners in crime when it comes to uh, gambling in our gambling space. Uh, we like to call it chalk on ESPN, ESPN.com, Daily Wager. You can tune in Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. on ESPN2, as well as uh, the Bet Digital show, gambling show that I host Monday, Wednesday, and Friday um, on ESPN Plus. So great to have Eric on with us. Uh, you know, we heard from uh, Brett Okamoto giving us a, re- a, a preview, I should say, not a recap, a preview of uh, UFC 285. John Jones back in action, which is going to be exciting. Stormy joined us. We got some XFL plays getting you ready for Saturday and Sunday. Yes, no NFL, but we've got some some football that we can still wager on. Courtney Cronin joining us from the uh, the NFL draft or, or combine, really. Uh, there in Indianapolis, and uh, and that Bears getting the number one overall pick. Uh, that's going to be a hot topic for the next two months, that's for sure. Keith Stewart with some golf plays happening down in Orlando, the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Some of the biggest names in golf at the top of the leaderboard, uh, giving us some uh, some insight in regard to who he thinks is going to uh, be active and attractive come Sunday afternoon. Jeff Passan, a lot of Major League Baseball, new rules that these teams are going to have to deal with. So great that he was able to jump on board with us and give us a preview there. And, of course, we heard from Fat Jack in our first hour. If you missed any portion of the show, uh, you can go on our uh, our ESPN LA website as well as uh, check it out on, on our podcast. Um, Getting you ready for everything from NBA, college basketball, UFC, XFL, golf, Major League Baseball, you name it. That's what the show is here for. So we appreciate it. Also appreciate Tyler and Brian, uh, our producers. Uh, A lot of moving parts here on the show, and they do a great job. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your evening, and good luck gambling. We'll see you next week. This is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. KSPN AM 710 Los Angeles. KRDC AM 1110 Pasadena, Los Angeles. 710 ESPN. A good karma brand's radio station.